The following shiur is presented by Dayan Shlomo Cohen, Dayan in Beddin Ahavat Shalom in Yerushalayim, an author of Pure Money. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Parashat Bo is the parasha of the coming out of Egypt. The Jewish people, after slavery for so many years, are freed from their slavery. And we go into the, into the desert. And we're commanded by Hashem that this coming out of Egypt is something that, that must never be forgotten. It's something that we must always remember. And our remembrance is every day, really, that we're remembering the coming out of Egypt in different prayers that we're saying. It was such an important and central event in the faith and the building of the Jewish people. And part of that remembrance is that once a year on the holiday of Pesach, we don't eat chametz. Just like when the Jewish people came out of Egypt, they didn't have time for their bread to rise, and therefore they had to eat only matzot. So, Part of the way for us to remember that every year at Pesach time is that we too get rid of all achametz. It shouldn't be seen by us and it shouldn't be found by us. We have to get rid of all achametz. We do that by before the, the, the holiday of Pesach doing serious cleaning to make sure that there's no chametz in our houses or in our possession. And sometimes we might have some crates of whiskey that we can't get rid of before Pesach. And other p- things of chametz, maybe if you own a bakery, you can't throw out all the flour that you have there, all the chametz that you might have there. If you own a, super, own a supermarket, and for these things, our rabbis gave us the selling of chametz that we can sell our chametz over Pesach time so that it won't be in our possession. We won't have any problem of owning chametz at Pesach time. The question I want to deal with today is we all own stocks, whether it be stocks in a, in a, in a, in a traded company on the stock exchange or stocks in a form small family business, do we need to sell them at Pesach time? Do we need to sell our stocks at Pesach time? Why would this be a question? Because by owning stocks in a company, you are the owner of that company. In a small family business or a not just a family business, a small LLC. So there it's more under, there's more of an understanding and we'll explain why in a little while that you are really partners. And so even though there are laws of an LLC which separate the stockholders from the company, from the property of the company, right? You can't walk into any LLC and start taking property because you're a stockholder. 
and you own some of the property, because there's a veil, a corporate veil, that separates between the stockholders and the property of the company. If you're suing the company, you sue the company. You don't sue the, sue the stockholders. You don't take the stockholders to court. Only if they've done something criminal can you take the stockholders to court. As, but if they haven't done anything criminal, the company is considered as a separate entity in law. An LLC is a separate entity. So, if so, maybe, maybe there is no obligation to sell your stocks at Pesach time because you're not the owner of the property. You're the owner of the company, but that's sep- there's, a, there's this corporate veil that separates you from the company. And even if we were to say, which we might say in a little while, that that's not true with a small LLC, but with a large LLC, with a large corporation whose stocks are traded on the stock exchange, maybe it is true that even though you hold stocks, you're not considered as the owner of the property of the company. Now, first of all, <coughs> let me give you a, a case in case history, this case happened in England, but it would have, the same thing I think would be able to happen all over the world because the laws of an LLC are similar everywhere. This is a famous case in British law, and the reason why it's relevant to us is that an LLC was a creation of the law. So in order to understand how the halakha is going to treat an LLC, we have to look at the law, which is what created this golem, right? Or Frankenstein, if you like. The case that happened in England was like this. During the Second World War, there was the Battle of Britain. The Battle of Britain was a fight between the British Spitfires and the German Messerschmitts over the English Channel and over parts of the south of England a tremendous dogfight between these two armies, these two air forces. Now the Germans, the Germans had their Messerschmitt, and the Messerschmitt was actually the first plane in the Israeli air force as well. They got two Messerschmitts from the Germans after the war, and they were the first two planes in the Jewish, in the Israeli army. Now, the, the, the engines for the Messerschmitts would you believe it, was made by a British company. There was a British company called Daimler. They were had a factory that was making engines for aeroplanes and they were selling them to the Germans. This British company was selling engines to the Germans. They were putting them in the Messerschmitt planes and then the Messerschmitt would turn around and come back and 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 kill kill English uh, pilots and kill and knock and, and and blow out of the sky British planes. So thank God, in England they have a law that you're not allowed to do business with the enemy during wartime. You can't do business with the enemy. So they took Daimler to court. You're doing business with the enemy. And can you imagine what the answer of Daimler was? They answered, No, we're not. It's not possible for us to do business with the enemy because we're not a person. We are an LLC. 
An LLC has no identity. It can't be British. It can't be Jewish. It can't be Christian. It can't be Muslim. It can't be anything. It's a company. It's a creation. It's a golem. Right? You've all heard of the golem of Prague. The golem of Prague was this um, thing that was created by the Maharal from Prague in order to guard the Jews from blood libels at that time, which were very, very um, common in that at, at that time. And he created this golem from the from 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 the the from the mud, from the dirt, and he would walk around and he would do things. <coughs> but he wasn't a person. They once asked the Maharal if they could, if he could be uh, the tenth person in a minyan, right? And the Maharal said, "Of course he can't. He's not Jewish. He's not Jewish. He's not a non-Jew either. He's just a golem." It's like asking, "Is your table Jewish? Did you know? Is your table Jewish? Is your sideboard Jewish? They're not Jewish. It's not possible for them to be Jewish. But it's also not possible for them to be British. You can't have a British sideboard or a British car." It's not a British car. It can't have an identity. It might have been made in Britain, but it doesn't have a British identity. That was the claim that Daimler went to court with. And the court went to the Supreme Court in England. Now, what they decided, we'll talk about later on in, in this shield. But to understand the claim, first of all, that the claim is that this company is a totally separate entity. It's like a Frankenstein. Or it's like a golem, and it can't have any identity. It can't be Jewish. So if so, then does it make any difference if the company does business on Shabbat? Does it make any difference if the company does business with interest? Does it make a difference if the company is buying and selling non-kosher foods? Right, A Jew is not allowed to have a regular business that's selling non-food that he can't, himself can't eat. But is maybe an LLC allowed to do that, even though the owners of the stocks are Jewish, because the company isn't Jewish, so it's not transgressing the halakha. Um, and of course, the question that we're asking today, what about selling your stocks at Pesach time? Do you have to sell them at Pesach time? If you've, if let's say you own stocks in Unilever, right, an, uh, an international company that is dealing with tremendous amounts of chametz, they're not selling their chametz at Pesach time. I might own either directly or indirectly. I might have a holding in a bank who happens to also have a holding in Unilever. And that makes me an owner of the shares in, in, of the stocks in Unilever too. Right, I've got nothing against Unilever, by the way. Um, but if by owning stocks in them, you're doing business probably in non-kosher stuff, and you're also doing business on Pesach, in Chametz, and you certainly own Chametz at Pesach time, so would you have to sell your shares in Unilever when it comes to Pesach? If you say that it's a separate entity, like the, 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 the directors of Daimler wanted to claim during the Second World War, then you can. You wouldn't have to sell your, your, your stocks. And the, 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 the company, the corporation, could be doing all the Averas in the world. And it's not connected to you. 
So in order to deal with this question, first of all, we have to separate between the two different types of LLCs. One is a small company which is not traded on the stock market. That can be actually a very, very large company, right? It doesn't corporation. It doesn't have to be a small corporation. It could be a small partnership between two people that the only reason why they turned it into an LLC is for tax reasons, right? Personal tax is much higher all over the world than corporation tax and corporate taxes. So a, a, a small partnership of two people that are making a lot of money would open up an LLC. That would be a tax-effective thing to do so that you're going to be only paying income tax on the money that you actually need and use every month, which you'll take as a salary from the company. And all the profits that the company's making will stay in the company, in the corporation. And there you'll be paying corporation tax, which is generally at a much lower level. And there are all sorts of deductions. And so it's a tax, um, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, a tax reason <coughs> to open up the LLC in most cases and nothing else. So first let's deal with that type of company. With these small, with these small LLCs that are not traded on the stock exchange, seeing as it's really just for tax reasons that you became an LLC. The limited liability is not really such a big deal because generally the banks, when they lend you money, they won't pay any attention to your limited liability and they'll make the stockholders take personal um, responsibility for the loans. So, with this small company, small company that's not traded on the stock market, the real connection between these people is that they're partners. And of course, with partners, you own everything. All the property of the company is your personal property that you've put into the company. <coughs> there isn't a separation between you, the partner, and the company. That's the real situation. So the halacha, the halacha, looks at the real situation in these cases. And so with every LLC that is not traded on the stock exchange, there will be a problem if the company owns chametz at Pesach time, if the, com if the corporation is doing business on Shabbat, and if it's selling... Um, things that are not kosher and if it's charging interest for all these questions if anyone has a question like that you must need to ask a competent rabbi who understands these things the, the Beit Avad are certainly very very competent to be asked these questions how can you deal with it because we of Jews know how to deal with everything so we can deal with that there's ways, halachic ways to deal with that with making contracts that's not really the subject of my shoe today, I don't want to get into it, but if anyone has actual serious questions about this, you should turn to the Beit Avad, David Grossman, these people are experts in these questions. Okay, so that's with a small company. By the way, let me just mention that even with a small company, what about the limited liability? The limited liability means that if the company were to go bust, 
the the debtors can't come to the stock stock owners the stock owners personally and take their property they can only receive pay repay their debts from the property of the company of the corporation so what about that does that mean i just said that with a small corporation we will look at it as a partnership in a partnership any debtors will go straight to the to the partners and take away their houses and take away the shirts off their backs if they have debts what about with an LLC, even though it's a small one, I just said that we're going to look at it, the real, the real, the real, um, the real situation here, that it's actually a partnership and not a separate entity. The answer is that with an LLC, there is limited liability, even according to the halacha. The reason being that when I, as a supplier, for example, supplied goods to this company, this corporation, I knew that they had Limited liability. So even though in halacha I'm looking at it as a partnership, but it's said on all their papers, it's said on all the receipts and all the invoices that there's an LLC, that there's a limited liability. And so when I did business with that LLC, I did it with an understanding that they have limited liability. So even though Jewish law is going to look at this small LLC as a partnership, for all intensive purposes, as far as the halakha is concerned, and you won't be able to own chametz at Pesach time, and you won't be able to have in the company, and you won't be able to do business, the company won't be able to do business on Shabbat, but, nevertheless, there will be limited liability, because everyone that did business with the company knew that there was a limited liability there, and so they accepted it upon themselves when they did the business, when they supplied the goods, and that's the reason why the debtors will not be able to take the shirts off the backs of the stockholders. So that's with a small company. By small again, I mean not uh, traded on the stock exchange. But what about the large company? What about the company, that the, the Unilever? The large, enormous company that... Little people like me will buy maybe a thousand stocks and shares in that company as a small investment for the children, for myself, for my wife, maybe even a little bit more. But as far as the percentage of the capital of the company is concerned, I own much less than 1%. Much less than 1%. maybe. So in that situation, am I considered as a partner? And therefore... I would have to sell my shares at Pesach time? Or am I not a partner, just someone who has bought the opportunity to share in the profits and losses of that company, but not with any intention of being an owner of the company? This latter opinion is the opinion of Ramosha Feinstein. Ramosha Feinstein dealt with this question many, many years ago. And his decision was, that a small investor in a, in a company traded on the stock market is not considered as a partner. He's just considered as someone who has bought the right to share in the profits and losses of this company. He is not considered like an owner. And even though he might have a voting right, and they might ask him once a year if you'd like to vote as to who the directors of the company are going to be for the next year at their annual meeting, Nevertheless, said Moshe Feinstein, you are not considered like a partner.
And therefore, you will not have to sell your stocks at Pesach time. The company, the corporation can do business on Shabbat. The corporation can sell non-kosher foods. And the corporation can deal with interest as well. And it doesn't affect you. You'll be allowed to take your dividends. You'd be allowed to take your share of the profit. And you would not have to sell your stocks at Pesach time. And of course, in a pension fund that you may have, they can own stocks and shares. That's no problem at all. Because in this pension fund, they're not even in your name. Now, is there a limit to this? Yes, there has to be a limit to this. But Moshe Feinstein did not write the limit. He did not explain the limit. In my understanding, the limit has to be between 3 and 4% of the company. Once you own more than that, now you are considered as a partner. Why do I, how have I chosen that, that rate? And in, 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 in all countries in the stock market, if someone starts buying up stocks in a particular corporation, by the time you get to that type of, of holding, three to four percent, I think in some countries it's five percent, you have to declare your intentions. You've now become significant in the eyes of the stock market, of the stock exchange. So my understanding is that from that time, you would be considered as a partner and you would have to sell your stocks at Pesach, even according to Ramosha Feinstein. Only with a holding of less than that would you not have to. Now, there is an alternative opinion. The alternative opinion is the opinion of Revice the author of the Minchat Yitzchak, he was the Av of the Badats, and his opinion was different to Ramosha Fajd. His opinion was that if you own stocks in a corporation whose stocks are traded on the stock exchange, if you have an annual vote, if you have voting rights, then you're a partner then we have to again look at the real situation, which is that you're considered as a partner. And therefore, according to this opinion, you would not be able to hold stocks at Pesach time. You would have to sell your stocks at Pesach time or try and convince Unilever to sell their Kamets at Pesach time, which you'd have a pretty hard time doing. If you can't do that, you'd have to sell your stocks at Pesach time. You also would not be able to hold stocks in a corporation that was doing business on Shabbat, and you wouldn't be able to hold stocks in a corporation that was selling nevelot v'trefot, not kosher food, which would actually prevent you from holding stocks in any company. Because even though a company, particular company itself might not do any of these things, but they can certainly have um, subsidiaries that will be doing it. If you were to, for example, buy stocks in Bank Leumi, or right, then they certainly will be owning many, many subsidiary companies doing all sorts of businesses, which you would never know about. And they could change from day to day, 
from hour to hour, in fact. And so, really, according to the opinion of the Minhat Yitzchak, it is impossible to own any stocks. And that's what they say as well. The rulings of the Badats are that you wouldn't be able to hold any stocks. Against the ruling of Moshe Feinstein from many years before, that you can own stocks in any company that's traded on the stock market because you are not considered as a partner. You are just considered as someone who's bought the rights to share in profits and losses. Because of this ruling of, of the Minchat Yitzchak, that's why in recent years the Badats have introduced a heksha for financial investments. And there are now pension funds which are halachically run, halachically run, in such a way that in actual fact they can't buy any stocks. And they just buy what are called debenture stocks, which are debts, which don't have any share of the company at all. And of course made sure that the Heta Iska was done. And that's all they can invest in. They claim that actually their pension funds make more money than the other ones. It's something that needs to be checked to see if it's actually true. I haven't checked it. So according to the opinion of the Badats, of Ravais, the Badats in Israel, you do have to sell your stocks at Pesach time. And if you look, but actually... It's a contradiction, isn't it? If you say that you have to sell your stocks at Pesach time, that means that your opinion is like revise, that you are a partner. If you are a partner, you can't hold any stocks anyway. So you wouldn't have anything to sell at Pesach time. Because if you held stocks, you have to make sure that the companies aren't doing business on Shabbat and none of their subsidiaries are either. And they're not saying the Velot Vetreifot and they're not lending with Ribit, which is impossible. So, strangely, not really so strangely, but we can understand it because people like to be machmir. In all the contracts for the selling of Hametz that I've seen here in Israel, and many in America as well and in England, it includes a clause that you are selling your stocks. How can you sell your stocks without a stockbroker? For Pesach that's okay, says Revice. For Pesach that's okay. Um, and then of course, you, so you have to sell your stocks and you're going to be buying them back after Pesach. That's not a problem, even if the price has changed, right? That works, that's not such a big deal. The problem might be if they paid a dividend over Pesach. Then what's going to be with that dividend? You don't actually deserve to get the dividend. You should be giving it to the guy that bought your chametz. Anyway, we can work that out too. We can say that when you bought it back, you also bought back the right to the dividend. But it's an interesting question. Okay, so let's summarize. First of all, I must tell you the conclusion of the case with the British courts, with Daimler. Their conclusion was, of the Supreme Court, the conclusion of the Supreme Court was that no, you are British. If you remember our case, right? Daimler are producing engines saying to the Germans, which they're putting in their Messerschmitt planes, and they were sued by the, I don't know by who exactly, that they're doing business with the enemy. And they claim that we're not British. We're a, we're a Frankenstein, we're a golem. The British court's answer was, 
No, you are British. We're going to lift the corporate veil here and we're going to see who the stockholders are and the stockholders are all British, so you are British. So here is actually maybe a, a, uh, a support for Revice's opinion, for the opinion of the Badats, that you are considered as a partner because we see that even the law considers you as a partner in certain situations. So let's summarize what we said today. We said a lot with a small LLC that's not, sh- not, not traded on the stock exchange. The stockholders are considered as partners. We look at the true situation. And so therefore they would have to sell their stocks at Pesach time, at Pesach time or make sure there was no chametz in their business. Nevertheless, they do have limited liability because when everyone supplied them goods, merchandise, they knew that they had limited liability, so they accepted that upon themselves. And therefore, of course, yeah, and they were there, as I said, they're going to have to sell their stocks at Pesach time. With a public traded company on the stock exchange, on the stock market, we're going to have two different opinions. We have, on the one hand, the opinion of Moshe Feinstein, that as long as your holding is a small holding, under 3%, you can hold stocks and you don't need to worry about what the corporation is doing and you don't need to sell your stocks at Pesach time. And on the other hand, we have the opinion of Revice and the Badats that you are considered as a partner and you do have to sell your stocks at Pesach time. And they go further to say that also with a pension fund, you're going to have to be careful about which type of pension fund you choose. And therefore they have started kosher pension funds with a hechsha from the Badats. And that is their opinion. And what do we, the little guy in the street, do? We're going to have to ask our rabbis what they tell us to do and to make a decision as to whether we're going to be following the opinion of Rav Moshe Feinstein, which is, I think, the majority opinion amongst the majority of postgames that I've spoken to, and the opinion of Rav And According to him, you can't even have a pension fund unless it's a kosher-run pension fund. The reason why he goes so far as to say that also a pension fund is going to need a hechsha is because today the pension funds generally will own more than 3 or 4%. So even though my investment in the pension fund is much smaller than that, but seeing as we've all got together, all these investors have joined together to... Um, to buy to buy stocks in order to to fund their pension, so we are really considered as one person. Where can we've, we've appointed the pension fund as our agents, and by doing that all together, we are considered as people that have a significant influence on the company, on the corporation, and therefore, even with a pension fund, even though the stocks are not in your name, seeing as they were bought for you, you will have to have a kosher pension fund. And for that, the Badats have started giving Hachshirim to 
pension funds here in Israel, certainly. Um, the opposite opinion that you don't need a kosher pension fund is that you're a small fish in a big pond. That even though the pension fund may own a significant holding in the stocks of the company, but you as an individual don't. And really the pension fund is just going to pay your pension according to the performance of these shares, but you actually are never the owner of any of those shares with a pension fund. Okay? That is the counter-opinion, the reason why you would not need to do that. And everyone should ask their rabbi what they want to do. Or the Beit Avad would certainly be people that could tell everybody, come out with a Pesach as to what is the right thing to do. Um, with that, I wish you all a good week and a Shabbat Shalom. All the best. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halakhic consultation, monetary beddin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at the shc.org to subscribe.